0: That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real Moms
1: of Bravo. Real real, real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Bravo.
2: Happy Friday. Uh, We have a little bit of a change in scheduling. There was no OC this week. We did not watch the season of Vanderpump Rules. We tried. I think I got through two, maybe three episodes. Vanessa, how many did did you? Probably around the same.
1: I think it was about the same. And truthfully, I feel like I didn't miss anything.
2: No, Uh, I watched the reunion and in watching the reunion, all I was thinking, I'm so glad I didn't watch the season. To those of you that are diehard Vanderpump fans that watched the entire season, I do applaud you because I mean, I I loved Vanderpump back in the day. I just feel like where they're going and who's left. is just not that exciting to me. And even the drama. So uh, let's start, first of all, what do you think of the name Nanny Pinky as a grandma? It's
1: It sounds like something you would hear on like Fancy Nancy or <laughs> like a Disney show of some kind. It's Nanny Pinky. Like, yeah, like, like
2: Peppa a, Pig. Yes,
1: like I can just think like, about Nanny
2: Pinky. They're, they're pigs, so like it makes sense to me that, yeah, uh, he, not calling Lisa Vanderpump a pig by any means, but I... I don't know. I feel like there's this trend I've been noticing. I've been seeing with some of my friends, parents that they're like giving them themse- these, themselves, these like unique grandparent nicknames, which I like my mom, like for my kids is Mimi, which I think that's actually like pretty common. I know a lot of people who had like a Mimi growing up or like, because some of my fr- friends grew up a little bit more country, um, being here in Missouri. Like I know people had mammals and meemaws and stuff like that. I think that's cute. I think a lot of times the kids come up with it, but like deliberately creating like weird names for kids to say to you, I don't know. I feel like Nanny Pinky is a little weird.
1: It's a little weird, but also I'm kind of into LVP, like embracing it. And yeah.
2: Um, I just, that like really threw me off. Okay. So Andy does his usual going around like round Robin. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's new with the sandwiches? Like, you know, just asking his usual like icebreakers. And he gets to James and Raquel and you can tell, he's like, James, how are you doing? And like, he just looks at Raquel and it's like, oh shit, they're doing this off the bat. And they basically just let it all out there. They are ending their engagement. Her dad was on his way to LA to help her move out of the apartment. Uh, And then they got like really into detail about the relationship. I think James was a little annoyed with Raquel with how much she was like divulging, but basically you know, his sobriety wasn't enough to fix the relationship, which all of this, I will say very mature to do this now. And I, I know people who have called off engagements and it is very emotional. It's very hard. I also know people have been through divorces. I think it is probably much, much harder to go through a divorce than to go to call off an engagement. So I applaud them for doing it now, but I was shocked to say they, when she said they basically haven't had sex for two years.
1: It's like, that's crazy. I mean, the writing was on the wall. I thought it was very, very mature of them. And Raquel, when she was talking about how she was having nightmares about their wedding and just so much anxiety. And when she asked the question, are you my soulmate? And just put it out there. And they had to have a really honest conversation. And for that, I really commend them for it. And they seemed like... Throughout the reunion, they seemed okay. Like they seemed like they were both going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to be friends or anything. I'm sure they'll always have like respect for each other, but it was very interesting to kind of watch it all. Yeah. Watch it happen.
2: There were some moments though where James kind of led into like, well, she did, she, she did end up leaving me. Like they talked about her nose job and what he meant by that statement about how like, I don't want you to fix it. Cause I might love you less or uh, it, we might break up type of thing. And he was like, if I got in a car accident, she would leave me. He's like, she did leave me. And so there were like a few moments where he kind of revealed that he was definitely more in love with her than I think she was in love with him. But also, as he said, she's very young. She has her whole life ahead of her. I do think it's very commendable that she wants to become a pediatric occupational therapist. It was a little bit like, kind of funny for me just because like Raquel was like in school and nobody really understood what she was getting a degree and she's like, was doing a lot of modeling then decided to become a cocktail waitress just to be on a show. Like, I just feel like it's a strong pivot now that we're going to go into like healthcare. And I I commend her for it. I'm just very curious to see if she actually ends up doing it or if this is just one of those, like she kind of reminds, she still has like a childlike innocence to her. So she kind of reminds me of a kid that's like, I'm going to be a firefighter, but like most of them end up not doing it because it's hard.
1: Abby, you are killing me.
2: <laughs> well, I just like, she's like, I, it's my dream to be a pediatric occupational therapist, which I, I mean, like, I think that is so amazing. And I, people who are in any type of therapy, like occupational, physical, like you are really helping people like most of the time at their lowest, like they're going through really challenging injuries or having to learn how to brush their teeth again. Like occupational therapy is like really, really tough. And it's giving people a sense of normalcy. I just, am like, this is the first, she's talked about it that I remember. And like, I just feel like that's so bizarre that like she couldn't do that because she was so consumed with James. Like, well, if you weren't a cocktail waitress and you weren't modeling, you probably have time to go to school.
1: No, I'm like, I'm just dying at like the hard truths you're sharing this morning. (laughs) Whereas like me, I'm like, well, maybe like, let's give it a shot. But no, you bring up like a lot of great points. It's Raquel though. I feel like in this reunion, especially, and we'll get the, to the comments about Lala. I feel like she's coming into her own and is like finding her voice and like finally like vocalizing and like saying the things that she wants to say and wants to do and is kind of like coming out of her shell a bit.
2: Um yeah, I love some of her comments. I thought I mean she has always occasionally thrown out some zingers, but this time she really stood strong um with a lot of her comments. Uh another not so surprising fact, but Andy threw it out there and wanted to know how, um, Sandoval, you know, was doing with Jax. And he said that they're kind of, a, he was kind of being nice about it. It was like, there are different points in their lives. And then Ariana's like, yeah, but Jax wouldn't go to Katie and Tom's Christmas party because Sandoval was going to be there.
1: I mean, it's so Jax and, so yeah. and like moments like that, oddly enough, like. It makes me kind of miss Jax a tiny.
2: It's just bit. so just petty. Kind of, just yeah. like the
1: pettiness, like the drama of it. um I mean, love him or hate him, and definitely Jax has done a lot of dumb shit and has said a lot of dumb shit. But he was reality gold for a while on TV. So I, I slightly miss some of his outbursts a little.
2: Yeah, bit I mean, he definitely and he stirred. I mean, he stirred up a lot of drama. Like I, I feel like in this reunion he would have gone hard on some people and uh, we can talk, we'll talk about it as we get into some of those moments. But I felt like I felt like more people should have been like jumping in to be like, yeah, no, that's not right. That's inappropriate. Were you surprised that Ariana revealed that she has frozen her eggs?
1: I'm really surprised. Pleasantly surprised. That sounds weird Not saying that you can't have a fulfilled life if you're not a mother or anything like that. Um, And that's obviously a personal decision and I wouldn't push that upon anyone. However, it is one of those things that it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And when you know that you want that for anybody who kind of is thinking about that or may want that for themselves. So I'm happy for her.
2: Yeah. I was surprised by it. Cause she, she said, she's never said never, but she just doesn't see like her life going that way. So I was just kind of surprised because I mean, to freeze your egg, you're basically going through like the first half of IVF, which we both have had friends go through this. It's a lot of hormones, a lot of drugs. I mean, you you kind of have to be committed. It's not just like, I think I might want kids. I'm going to freeze my egg. So to me, it's like, okay, I think this is something that she might want more than she's letting on, but she doesn't want to like, I think she wants, like, she doesn't want everyone to be like, oh, so you changed your mind. You were wrong. Like, I think she has a little bit too much pride or her pride's getting in the way. But it was surprising when she was like, yeah, when Annie's like, have you thought about freezing embryos? And she's like, I've been asking Sandoval. And he kind of like, was like, this is the first I'm hearing about it. I'll we'll go, you know, send off my sperm and we'll have some embryos soon. So I'm like thinking that she actually wants this. And I wouldn't be surprised. They strike me as the couple that they, to them, I think, and they've said it to them. Marriage truly is just like a piece of paper. I don't think they need the big thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a kid, have two, um, and then end up getting engaged or married because she did seem like she was open to the idea of an engagement when she saw how romantic it was with um, James and Raquel and all the effort that Tom put into it. So I feel like, I don't know, this could be a very um, telling couple of years for Ariana and Tom.
1: Yeah. I mean, and like we said, there's no right answer and whatever ultimately it's their business and what makes them happy. But as two moms, like Obviously we love being mothers and as hard as it is, it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. So of course you want someone to go through that if they're trying, if they want to, yeah, if they want to. So yeah. I, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised.
2: Um, Sheena sh- shared a heartbreaking story, very similar to yours, When she shared it with me though, my first thought was like, why are you then so unsupportive of other people's happiness? Like, I feel like for you, like after you went through almost dying, having a very traumatic birth, like you've kind of made it like your passion to like educate other people, be aware of your blood pressure when you're pregnant, like trust your gut. I don't know. It was like, I a lot of people messaged us. And I think this is like where a lot of people are mixed. Like your heart breaks for Sheena hearing the story, but it's like. Also, it's hard to sympathize for her the way she treats other people.
1: Yeah, I, I guess this is like, I in hearing her story. And from my understanding, from not watching this season, a lot of people felt like her behavior made sense had she had shared that sooner. And it's, it's very, I mean, it's very traumatic, especially for your first to not only have preeclampsia, but then to have help and on top of it. So... I don't, I don't know. I, I still, I have a little soft spot for her. I'm just a sucker, basically. Like if between Abby and I, if one of us going to get conned, it's going to be me (laughs) because I'm I'm a little bit of a sucker.
2: I guess I just kind of feel like too. like most people, when you become a mom, it's like, you realize like everyone's journey to get there and to like have a kid is so different. And so like for her to be like throwing shade on Lala and being like, I wouldn't let strangers take care of my baby, which I hate that comment in general, because I think as working moms, we don't have a choice, but to trust strangers and have them become part of our village and become almost like family. You get very close with the people in your daycare settings and home settings. If you have a nanny, like what you become very close with these people. And so I think like, to me, I was just like, Shayna, like Shayna, like, why after you've gone through all that you've gone through and you know how like precious this is and how lucky you are to be a mom and how lucky everyone is to have a healthy child at the end of it. Like, I just don't understand why then she would use that, like those moments to bring Lala down. I like, it really bothered me that she was such a, like a mom shamer after going through all that she went through. Like if somebody said something to her about like, not being a good mom, it would be even extra emotional for her because she almost didn't get to become one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, you bring up a fair point. I think ultimately Sheena hasn't forgiven her for how Lala responded to her in her darkest moment the abortion. Like, I just feel like she's lashing out and giving digs at Lala. Um, Um, Lala had a
2: miscarriage, I mean, uh, Sheena had a miscarriage, not an abortion.
1: Oh, yes. Sorry, I I misspoke. Yeah. Um, I misspoke there. But I feel like she... Is kind of just still punishing her for that. I feel like they have some like unresolved shit. Yeah. Especially now with everything that's come to light with Randall and how Lala's make comments about Brock. Like, I just think there's a
2: lot of like. Well, I also think Sheena's jealous. I think she's jealous that even though it didn't end well for Lala, like she was on the PJs and living in a big house and had nannies that were like. Her night nannies and helping her. And I think, I think part of it was Sheena. I do think she knows a little jealous of the lifestyle that Lala got to live. Um, and we'll get more into the Brock of all of it. I still have a very hard time with Brock. And I think that Sheena, like, really is blinded by love when it comes to him because she just, like, kind of glosses over everything and makes it seem like it's not that big of a deal. But we go from, you know, Sheena's heartbreaking story to then. Katie and Tom and Lala join us virtually. They say out of an abundance um, of like concern and caution and following their own rules. I believe from what we heard, Katie actually tested positive for COVID and this was happening. When did they do the reunion? It was like, I think it was like right around the holidays, wasn't it? I
1: feel like this was like right before Christmas.
2: Um, But anyway, so Katie did test positive for COVID and she had been with, Lala the night before, like a couple days before. So Lala was exposed. So Lala had to stay home. And then obviously Katie and Tom lived together. So Tom was exposed. So for people wondering like why they were virtual and what was going on, that's, I believe the story that we were told. Um, but anyway, so they, they joined us virtual, which I did think like kind of changed a little bit. Cause there were moments where they're like, what are we fighting about? What are they saying? Like, it just reminded me of all the virtual reunions we had to live through in 2020 and the first half of 2021 and how much being in person really makes a difference but Katie then speaks her truth and talks about why she shared her abortion story. Um, And I, like, I really applaud her. And I think she said, you know, there's a lot of people who go through it and feel alone and they don't need to. And she said that she knew going to the fertility specialist that there were going to be questions asked. Have you ever been pregnant before? You know, how did that pregnancy result? I'm sure she could have said like, I don't want this aired. I don't want this filmed, but I applaud her for being like, I'm just going to put it all out there and really, like speaking her truth. And I think she, because she did that the way she did, she got to own her story and not let it come down to like editing or other people changing it for her.
1: Yeah, no, I applaud her for that. I think it takes, it takes a lot of courage to share something that's so traumatic and it's a topic. Clearly abortion is a topic that people um, have a lot of opinions and views on. However, uh, it's her story, her choice, and it seems like she's at peace with it. And I think by having peace with it, it's speaking honestly about it. Yeah. So I root, I root for them. I root for those too. I do too. Sometimes I don't get them, but I, I'm, I'm rooting for them.
2: Well, when she said, I mean, Giving, like, given the fact that it was several years ago, um, obviously before they were even talking about getting married, like I'm thinking back to like orange hair, tequila, Katie, um, their relationship was terrible. Like she said, I would have ended up a single mom. I think she was 100% right. Like I think they were in a, like their relationship. You go back to like how bad they used to fight and yell at each other. I'm thinking to that scene where she had those horrible, like that chunky piece of hair like her hair pulled back, but she had that weird chunky piece, yes. that like went across her face. Oh like that's so bad. Yeah. It's like those that, I mean, that was like peak of their relationship being terrible. Like when you look at like awful moments and I'm thinking it's probably right around that time. So also explains a little bit too, of why she was so like emotional and angry all the time, like going through something like that and kind of doing it in secret. Um, you know, Tom Sandoval said he didn't even know about it. He was living with Schwartz at the time. So It just, I think you, as you learn more about people, it just gives you more perspective about things in the past. Um, but okay. So let's now go to Brock, Sheena, and really Lala. Um, I, I just, Sheena, like I said, she's blinded by love. Like she was basically just glossing over. He was like, yeah, I got mad at my wife. I hit her. There was a restraining order. Uh, then I found out that like she was going to the government to get support and I've been trying to pay it. Like, it just like nothing added up. And Sheena's just sitting there smiling. Like he's really doing his best. He's really a good guy. And I'm like, I, can we just maybe acknowledge the fact that like, if we work through his anger, like what caused him to like, you know, yeah. be abusive, like
1: it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucked up behavior and Sheena, like the roles were reversed and you were his ex. Like, how would you feel about it? Like, you have to put that in perspective, but I feel like Sheena so badly wants that happy ending that she's willing to kind of turn an eye, which is interesting considering everything she went through with her first husband.
2: Yeah, I know it's like, she's some people don't necessarily learn from their mistakes. Then we get into like Brock and Lala kind of fighting and Brock, he said something about when she, he, she was talking about how heartbroken she was when la like when Lala found out about Rand cheating and how hard it's been and um, how like, She was so upset that this man deceived her and lied to her, which we'll get into that a little bit. And Brock said, it's really hard um, to stay mad at her for past things, given like where they are now and given everything she's been through. But then he had no problem when she was saying that, like, no one came to her and told her about it. And he's like, you got a, a Range Rover out of it. You were on PJs. Like, you didn't want to see or hear the red flags. They were everywhere. And people were trying to tell you. And it seemed like the whole cast was like, anytime Rand was brought up, if it wasn't, talking about him in the best light Lala got angry. And I mean, they showed the scene of Sandoval giving a hypothetical situation, which is kind of reminiscent of Jersey with, uh, the analogy, uh, cocaine, um, saga, but Lala got really, really upset about it. And I kind of think it's like, I think that's a perfect example of like people maybe were trying to tell you. I also just have a hard time. Like, I feel terrible for what happened to her, but it's like, I don't buy that she really knew he wasn't like divorced at the time and she never went to his house. Like I get, they probably traveled a lot, but she had to have a hunch something was going on. Like she knew he had kids. You can freaking Google the man. Like, it's not like this was during a time where like, you know, pre cell phones and smartphones and like internet everywhere. I think for Lala where she's most upset and most shocked by, I think she just thought because this is really bad But I think because she thought like, she is just so beautiful and so much like younger than him and giving him this beautiful baby. And like, she's so far out of his league that that would be enough for him not to stray. Like, I really think that's what she thought.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think every, to me, it feels like she thought she was going to be the one to change him. Mm -hmm. Like She thought she was going to be the woman to change him. I do think in her like reflecting and how they kind of brought up like, you know, and when the producers did her a little dirty when they showed a clip where she's like, and he was gone all the time, like all gone all the time. And then they're like, wait, like, what do you think was happening with his other wife? It's like the same behavior and pattern. I just feel I didn't not that she spoke poorly of Amber Rand's first wife necessarily. I just don't feel like she should needed to say, like, what wife would be OK with that? Well, you have to remember, she has a side of her story and you don't know what he was telling her. So yeah. I just kind of wish she would have a little accountability, especially now that she's done some reflection and like connecting all the dots and all the red flags that she saw and would kind of could like, kind of see and understand that perspective. That being said, like Raquel, and this is like in part two. Oh,
2: it was amazing.
1: Know, oh my God. When she goes, um, I knew Lala as she was Randall's, I knew Lala as, randall's mistress and everybody's face was like whoa and i mean and she explained herself i'm actually surprised that lala i mean the fact that lala didn't really go after her for it to me kind of says everything i yeah. all need to know like i i feel like she has so much pride lala has so much pride that she doesn't want to fully admit that she was the mistress
2: yeah. I mean, whether she wants to believe it or not. And you think back, I mean, she talked about the blowjobs for the PJs. I mean, that is forever going to probably haunt her is like that conversation and talking about that. I mean, we also like the whole reason why nobody could know who Rand was. Like, obviously, like, I think we all kind of just assumed it's because he was still married when we found out, like, you know, more about him. So um, I applaud Raquel for just throwing it out there and being like, no, we we kind of all knew. Uh let's okay. The final thing I wanted to wrap on, let's talk about Sheena and Brock deciding originally deciding that they were maybe going to like hijack Raquel and James's engagement party. Um, but then also now like standing firm, like, why wasn't Sheena saying, Why can't I have a happy moment? Like, don't I deserve a happy moment? I'm like, yeah, you do, but not at the expense of someone else's. Like, I don't know. I'm like, that's like basically like, I, I've seen clips of this and I assume like when people do these things, it's like the bride's obviously in on it. Cause she hands the bouquet to a bridesmaid and then, you know, her boyfriend's there to propose, but could you imagine like if your boyfriend, no one else knew it and proposed to you at someone else's wedding, like that's terrible. Let someone else have their moment. They've invested money and time into it. Like I kind of get why people were saying it was kind of cheap and tacky.
1: No, it's insanely tacky. You're basically using someone else's like leg- legitimately so cheap that you can pay for your own party. You're taking advantage of someone else having all this fabulous food, drink, whatever for like, their own. Yeah. Party and taking it like, it's very, very tacky. It's It, it's, it also
2: made me laugh though. Cause I remember for, so Vanessa had a destination wedding. It was so fun. It was in the Dominican. Um, I remember the leaving and people were like, do you think Kevin's going to propose to you and the Dominican? I'm like, well, I sure hope not. Cause we're there for someone else's wedding. Like that would be terrible. But the fact that like multiple people asked me, and then I talked to our other friend, Tina, and she said, people had asked her too. It makes me realize that maybe there's a lot more Brock and Sheena's out there.
1: Uh, I think there are. I think there are a lot. And truthfully, <laughs> had you gotten engaged, I wouldn't have, cause we were there like as a group for longer than the wedding. I don't think I, I wouldn't have been, I would have been thrilled for you. I wouldn't have thought of it that way. However, that being said, I do feel like there's a lot of people who think yeah.
2: like Brock and Sheena. Yeah. It just, I was like, oh, like I was very much on the side of like, it was tacky. It was rude. Even like, I agree with Lisa. Like when she saw the ring, she's like, do not say anything like, dude, like, and she's like, well, we got engaged privately two days ago. What I think too, what, like what really was telling is Ariana was like, it was the last event. I'm like, Sheena just wanted it filmed. She wanted the moment to be on film. And that was her only way to do it, which I think just shows like, she's pretty selfish, but, um, okay. Predictions on will pump come back? Will we get another season?
1: You know, I kind of feel like, yes, I I feel yes, because now Lala is single. Uh, James is now single. Raquel is single. I feel like maybe, yes, Tom and Ariana
2: might have a kid. Like, I I don't. Yeah, I think we might get another. I don't think think we need it.
1: I don't know that we need it. However, I feel like they need to focus on like Schwartz and
2: I just feel like there needs to be a focus, not on sir. But like, I mean, it's a joke. Like I, I don't even think Charlie is even working at sir anymore. You know, like, that's like, although she was saying none of her friends have cable. So I'm like, well, maybe she said we're struggling and we, are. I'm like, well, maybe things are tougher than I'm giving her credit for. But I
1: just, I don't know. I, I kind of feel, I mean, I think a lot of people are curious now. Um, but I, I really do feel like they're going to have to like pivot and I, they kind of need to go the approach of a la like Southern charm in a way where you focus on the group of friends and not have like the central, like the glue, like, which means yeah. Lisa doesn't really have a role.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, it's time for Lisa to like, you know, just acknowledge the fact that she created this awesome show. And I mean, people loved it and love it, but like, I think. I agree. and I, I think too, like for Bravo, hang your hat on the people, like the characters and the people that everyone is really interested in, which I think isn't necessarily Charlie. I do think it's Sheena. So by default, Brock, I think Katie um, and Tom, Tom and Ariana, James and Raquel are almost like friends of, in my opinion, just because I think like, it will be interesting watching them be single. And then of course, obviously Lala would be like a main one, but like, when you think about Southern charm, it's really People like because there's been so many change from like changes on the female side. I think it's pretty much for the most part. People are mostly interested in Catherine, um, who's kind of like in and out, but Craig, Austin, and Shep. And like I think, I think if you realize that and kind of focus the time on that, and Bravo's obviously doing that, like with Craig and Austin, we're seeing them everywhere. Their summer house, their winter house, their Southern Charm. Like, but I think that, that Vanderpump could do that. I also do think that they should start having them kind of like infiltrate some other Bravo shows just because I look at summer house and I look at winter house and how much everyone loves it. And like, I don't religiously watch what happens live, but like I watched it this week because I knew that, uh, Sierra and Amanda were going to be on. I probably wouldn't watch it to hear anybody from Vanderpump, you know, unless right after when they did Lala and James, that was interesting right after the breakup, but like other than that, I'm not that really interested. So
1: I think, I think, so given that the Toms were in New York for um, their watch what happens live, and then they were shown like with Kyle at, yeah. at a bar, I feel like they, cause I think they're starting to realize like,
2: <laughs> we got to play <laughs> the, the game. The,
1: yes. I yeah. want to say see the writing on the wall, but I feel like they are like starting to kind of see like, okay, we need to like mingle and we got to do this. So I I feel like they're going to be, I would much rather have the Toms. And I said this before on Winter House than like the most awkward models and like an Alex yeah. and Gabrielle. Like I don't like that, like I'd rather have that type of energy. And apparently Tom turned it down. Like he was yeah. considered for Winterhouse the first time around and I forgot why
2: he turned it down. So I think- I bet Schwartz does it. Schwartz will do it. Uh, All right, let's go into Summer House. Okay, first of all, can we just say, and I wrote his name down as um, Adam and his name is actually Alex, but I just, that's how irrelevant this guy is. I made a meme about him. Literally all he's doing is just like eating and working out. I think Alex is the worst casting in Summer House Probably history. I can't think of anybody more boring uh, than him.
1: Jordan, I hated Jordan. Oh, Jordan
2: was terrible. But uh, like
1: he was a anno- he was terrible in the like.
2: At least he, he like, yeah, he like yeah like yeah I don't uh, Adam gives me nothing. At least I actually had a feeling towards Jordan. <laughs> I you know like I really hated him. I don't hate Adam. I don't like him. You I don't have Alex. A, <laughs> Alex, yeah. Let's just call him Adam. I'm calling him Adam going forward because that's what it says in my note. Uh, I just like, I, I'm i so indifferent to him and he's so boring. He did give me cringe factor when like the girl was like basically saying that like what her type was and it wasn't him. And he walked away as if like, oh, okay, well, you're not interested in me. I'm just done. <laughs> just, like He's it's so bizarre to me.
1: <laughs> very douchey. But we got our first party, which was the 4th of July, yes. which was always the start. I feel like the kickoff to summer in the summer house world. And they- I mean, every single time I want to go to these parties, but hubs, hot hub summer. I just love how unapologetic Lindsay is and how she's like walking around and like clearly looking for
2: a guy to make yeah. out with,
1: maybe like looking for some options.
2: And as she should, she looks amazing. She's feeling herself and I I'm here for it. I'm happy for her. Um I I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I'm just, I'm loving her vibe right now. Um, I was so excited that we got the Kwame throwback because I wasn't sure, like we all knew who Maya's ex was, but I was like, are they just going to blatantly like when she talks about him being a chef, like I kept being like, let's just get the clips of him. You know, like he was on a Bravo show. It's not like it's like hard to get like the rights to it. And they gave it to us. I was kind of excited about that. I'm like, all right, like, like Bravo's in on the game. They know what we want. And he has since been a judge
1: on top chef, like this most recent season. So he's still part of the Bravo family. I appreciate how honest Maya is about her breakup. Um, I loved her reference, or the reference to the well and how it did. It just seems to me like what you, what happens when people are together for a very, very long time. And they seem to find each other for a little bit before they completely cut things off. So I just appreciate Maya. I I'm, I'm liking her so far. Um, I appreciate what she brings. So I'm here for Maya. Alex, Adam, not so much, but Maya, yes, we can have more Maya. Uh Amanda and Kyle. So uh, it's you to unpack all of that.
2: <laughs> it's hard watching them um, because you know they get married, but from like a lot of like their interviews and like watch what happens live appearances. They basically have hinted to the fact that we're not really going to see like the growth and a lot of reconciliation as far as like to make all the fans and viewers be like, Oh, okay. I totally get why they got married. I think I, a lot of people are like over oh, under five years. I like, I hate doing that. Cause I, I think Amanda's a really good person and I want her to have happiness. I want it to work out. I know she wants kids and wants to have a family. Uh, I just think I know it's, it's very one-sided because we're only seeing like, we really have only seen Kyle's like misbehavior. And obviously Amanda has some anger, but I would have broken his shit too. I just think that like, I need to see him grow up and I need him to like, want to be a better person for Amanda. And I just don't see that happening. Like, yeah, he, he, I, yeah. I know. It's hard.
1: I felt like Paige was a really good friend to her in that moment. And I feel like she said what she needed to say and was like, it's going to be Okay better to do, like, this is kind yeah. of going back to James and Raquel, what we talked about, better to do it now. Like, she was very like, supportive. I think Paige is a really good friend for speaking, honestly, and not just telling her, like, it's going to be fine, don't worry, like, yeah, you guys are going to work it out. He
2: you- loves you. Well, yeah, like,
1: she it's very much like, bitch, I'm ready to pack your shit, you can move <laughs> in with me, like, ready to do all that. So, uh, they're just tough to watch. I They just, you know, I feel like on Kyle's end, and I've been, I feel like I have been in Amanda's shoes before with like not being able to get a hold of like someone. And granted for me, this was like in college and slightly post-college, but it, it sucks. It sucks feeling like, oh my God, I feel like a crazy person. You're making me feel like a crazy person because you won't at least answer her phone or text me. So I just, uh, he needs to take accountability and at least accept her feelings and be like, don't make her feel bad for feeling the way she feels because it's justified.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I completely agree. Uh, you made a note of this and I loved it too. Lindsay and Sierra, like we're having a great time on the 4th of July.
1: Yeah, I was very surprised that after Winter House, I'm trying to think of like how much time it seems like three months had passed is kind of the math that I'm <laughs> Bravo math I'm doing. But it's like no big deal. No, no hard feelings. I mean, I guess in retrospect, uh, everything with Austin didn't really happen until like after the airing of Winter House. So why wouldn't they be, I guess, cool? And she was, you know, with Jason. So, but it just kind of surprises me how they're both cool. Um, Sierra was really feeling Carl.
2: (laughs) A little too much. Would you have said that you thought he had a big dick on TV? Actually, you would have, if you've been drinking, cause you tell I, people they have a small dick.
1: I, yeah, <laughs> I would. So I think you did
2: the reverse. Yeah. I,
1: I, uh, think I would, I may probably immediately regret it,
2: but I feel like I would, if
1: I was being, was she asked if you had a big dick or did she just say it?
2: They had been flirting with each other. And so I can't remember who it was, but someone said something like, you guys are flirty. And like, she walked by and, um, was like, he was like looking at her and they're like, he's like staring at you. And she basically was like, I want to bang I my buddy has a big dick. Oh, I also am like, you know what? They're both single, you know, like if if I looked like Sierra and I could get a Carl, I would, I would do it. I would,
1: I would walk naked if I were Sierra. Damn.
2: She basically does. I am like, good for you. I would wear like a string bikini all day, every day. She looks amazing. She's beautiful. And like, yeah, she's single. Carl kind of opened it up first to her basically saying like, it's so crazy we've known each other for a while and I feel like we've never really had a one-on-one conversation. I think you're gorgeous. Like he kind of was like trying to make a move. Um, so I don't know. I don't want them to hook up because obviously I know then it like hubs and Carl, and it's like, God, we've already had Sierra and Austin and hubs. Let's not add like make this a, a hexagon, but I think that's the right you number. Think it's but it's gonna happen. No, I don't think I don't think they do.
1: I because, don't think they do either. But I feel like is gonna have a hookup, but I I mean, Oh, she I,
2: will. Yeah. But I think it's going to be Austin.
1: If that feels like a given. But then I try to think about the jump from Austin to Lindsay. And I'm like.
2: Oh, I actually anyways. think Austin hooks up with Lindsay first. And then um, then Sierra hooks up with him a couple nights later and finds out about Austin and Lindsay. And that's what sparks a fight. That's my theory. Ooh. Let's get into Salt Lake. We're going over on time. Sorry, people. I know we try to keep it to 30 minutes. But there was just so much to talk about. Um. Let's just say that Jen Shaw would be impossible to be friends with. She is never wrong. Everyone is always not a good enough friend to her. And like, she never really truly apologizes or takes accountability. Accountability is like the theme of this episode.
1: Uh yeah. And honestly, I love that Meredith is like, man, you guys are giving me that much power. Like, <laughs> you guys are giving me way too much credit to think that I could have the feds arrest you. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense, logical sense. Like I thought Meredith was so unhinged this episode, but I actually was here for the chaotic energy that she was bringing because it was it was a lot.
2: Yeah, I, I think I said it in an earlier episode, like these people clearly do not know how like government agencies work. Like Meredith Brooks does not have enough power to basically call them and be like, I don't like this person. Look what's going, like, let's look into her. And then boom, Jinshaw's arrested. Um, I think it just goes to the delusion of Jin Shah, but the fact that other people are believing it. And then I also do have a soft spot for Meredith when it comes to like people not believing she was at her father's memorial. Like it, maybe it wasn't like, cause uh, I think like Lisa was like, well, I thought it was on Monday. And Heather was like, I think it was on Tuesday. Like I like lost my dad and we had like his wake and stuff on Friday, but like On Saturday, I did some stuff like just with like my immediate family. Sunday, I did stuff with just my sister. So if somebody was like called me on Saturday, I'd be like, oh, I'm in the middle of my dad's memorial. It wasn't like his actual service, but like it doesn't like I feel like you can have a memorial that is like several phases. And so I just felt like it was really unfair that people accused her of using her dad's funeral slash like memorial as an excuse to not be in the sprinter van so that she could then call the, like the FBI and Homeland Holy security to set Jin Shaw up for arrest. Like that's just so outrageous. And the fact that people like, just tell us it's not true. We're just wondering. I'd be I mean, offended.
1: It's a, uh, yeah. Hence like where she's like, don't come after my family. Like she is. And granted they were hung over. Like that's the thing yeah. that like made me I love loved about it. this. Like they made up. And then they all get shit face at the club. And then next thing you know, she's like unhinged again. And like, don't you dare talk about my family. And I just died when she says, I'll call the CIA while I'm at it. I know
2: that was amazing. Like
1: It was was very unhinged and chaotic, but I'm like I said, I'm here for it.
2: Uh, can we just talk about too, how Jenny just casually mentioned that she got in a fight with her husband and broke his ribs. I'm like, wait, I need more information here. Yeah. And to break a rib. I, I know it can happen. Uh, like, I know you can easily like bruise a rib. Um, cause I've actually done it before. And like, when you break or bruise a rib, there's nothing you can do. You just have to let it heal and like lay low for a little bit, but like to actually break a rib <laughs> takes like a lot of force. I need to know more about this. And also like I don't know. I'm like I'm learning a lot about Jenny, and I'm like, you are not a good person. <laughs>
1: like, no, no, and we will unpack Jenny. I'll be on our the Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, I'll be on our Patreon if you want to hear all of our thoughts on that. But it was it was a lot. It you know, and I another thing, I feel like we're just like hot take on Salt Lakes all over the place, hot takes. But Jen shot having glam.
2: Oh my god, irritates
1: me knowing that her mother, her
2: own mother, was it like
1: a hundred thousand dollars.
2: Gave, her mom, her
1: savings and I'm from like, her oh, retirement,
2: yes! her mom. And I think her mom, like I'm making this up, but like her mom, basically she was like, my mom works so hard as like, I know she wasn't a lunch lady, but like, basically it wasn't like her mom was like a high powered CEO. And it's like, okay, fine. I'll give you a couple hundred thousand from my, you know, $20 million retirement fund that I've been getting. Like her mom worked really, really hard and had a tough job and is like going to continue doing that, and gave a lot of her retirement to Jen, and all she asked for was a house to live it. Like, will you just let me live with you if I end up without any money? And like, and you're getting glam, and you're like, of course I'm going to have glam. I'm Jen Shaw. You're welcome. I'm like, uh, you better go say you're welcome to your mom who's paying for it.
1: Exactly. No, I just uh, it infuriates me. I'm like ready for the women to like call Jen out on her bullshit. Jen is. It's a very weird roller coaster with Jen because she. And when you compare to Erica, Jen is obviously a bit more likable than Erica, but Jen has larger things against her from a legality standpoint. Um, It's just very fascinating, honestly, just kind of watching it and how Jen is this kind of, to me, gives us a sense of how Jen was able to defraud people because she's able to like turn the tables on you. And you're like, wait a second.
2: (laughs) Well, she's so confident in her innocence that you're like, oh, maybe she didn't do it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. She's so like, she flips the table and turns it on someone else so fast that you're like, wait, maybe, maybe you're
2: right. Yeah. You are innocent.
1: So I don't know. It's, that's, that's kind of wild.
2: Wild. But yeah, great episode. Uh, I can't wait to find out what inspires Lisa Barlow to say, I'm done with Meredith Brooks. I hate her. She's a whore and she's fucked half of New York. I mean, that was like the clip they ended us with to like, look forward to next week.
1: And they need to unpack that some more. You guys saw on our Instagram, if you saw us um, kind of going, digging into that, we legit got DMS, um, ve- like viable DMS from people. We can't
2: allegedly. post the receipts. Everyone's like, we want the receipts. We, we can't. can't- We can't
1: post the receipts, but these are, you know, very, uh, very good sources saying that they allegedly had an affair with the same guy. And I know the affair would be on Jen's side because Meredith would have been separated. Yeah. Uh, But this guy was allegedly wrong. So when they mentioned New York and all this stuff, I'm like, Oh my
2: God. Well, and they mentioned that like Jen, purposely engaged in a relationship with someone that Meredith had been with to get information on Meredith, which like it, I like, I think it really is Ron. I will also say this, like we typically aren't out there. Like we're not the account. That's always like breaking stories. So when we do put something out there, it's because like really credible, what we think our vetted sources have told us. And like, this was so wild. And if it wasn't for the people who like sent it to us being so like, credible. I would not have believed it, but like, as it's like actually coming true, I'm still shocked that it ended up being right. Yeah.
1: And they're talking about it on the show. So I'm like, Whitney, stop focusing on yeah. whether or not Meredith like called the feds and yeah. put it back to this. Like,
2: yeah. Let's go, go to what really, what we really care about. Um, okay. We've got to wrap up cause we went way over, but thank you guys so much for listening. What though the best time favorite part of every episode when we surprise each other with a shout out, who is your shout out this week?
1: I feel like you should go first.
2: Okay. Mine is so random, but I've just been like so obsessed with the story and I just love it. My shout out, do not laugh, is going to Jerome Bettis, the bus. He is obviously a retired NFL star, best known for his um, days playing for the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, which I know your husband's going to love that I'm giving him this shout out. But the reason why I'm giving him a shout out, he's a hall of famer. He's been retired for a long time, successful in creating his own businesses, But he is fulfilling a promise he made to his mom that he would get a college degree. And in his 50s is going back to complete the four remaining courses he needs from Notre Dame University to get his degree. And I just think it's so cool. He said that I've done a lot of really great things in my life, but sometimes like stats and records can be taken away from you because someone's going to beat you, but no one can take away your education. And I just think that's so cool. And I applaud him for doing that.
1: That is really sweet. Oh, well, and the theme of football, I'm going to give mine to Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, Buffalo Bills fans who are listening. (laughs) I'm still reeling from that win. Uh, Don't worry, guys. This isn't going to turn into a sports podcast. But 13 (laughs) seconds. Wow. What a game. And we have a big game coming up this weekend against the Bengals. Cincinnati, watch out. So I'm going to give it to Patrick Mahomes because literally – you would think something's over. Don't assume it's over until literally the fat lady sings. Like
2: is the fat lady, Andy Reed. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) It's not over until Andy Reed sings. It's it's really
1: not over. It's not over until it's over. So I think we
2: lost at least a year of our life. Uh, We shared onto our stories, our text messages. Um, I think sometimes people get confused. All of my family grew up in Kansas city. My dad is from there. My parents met there, moved to St. Louis, um, right before I was born. So I grew up in St. Louis, but always cheered for the chiefs. Cause St. Louis really never had a football team until a brief stint with the Rams, but then Stan Kroenke, the asshole took the team away. So I am a life heart lifelong chiefs fan. And this has just been such a fun team to watch because There were moments where it looked like they might not even make the playoffs in the season.
1: Yeah. So it's like, um, it's wild. We're in a new era. Um, You know, no, I can't wait for Tom Brady to officially retire. And like Patrick Mahomes is like (laughs) the goat. Yeah. He's like Tom Brady now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It might be a bit of a jump. Um, he's got a few I more mean, years.
1: I know, but I'm saying I'm channeling that energy, Abby. Well,
2: we thank you guys listening to us, are the goats. Um, thank you so much for supporting us. You know, the spiel. So many of you guys have been giving us reviews and we love them. We truly, every time we get one, text one another. It makes our day. I know we always say that, but I just want you guys to know how much it means to us. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please hit five stars and leave us a review. It helps us to get really fun guests. We're working on getting some exciting ones on there, not to sound all like influencer like I have a big secret project, but we're working really hard to get some really cool Bravo loves on and your support really helps us do that. Um, and if you want to um, go a little bit above and support us um, monetarily as this uh, part-time job with below minimum wage pay um, continues for us you can join our patreon uh, patreon.com slash real moms of bravo for as little as three dollars a month and with that we will catch you next week
0: you will fail so what everybody does but your gym your watch your yoga pants they pretend you won't so when you miss a day eat the pancakes give up on a workout Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are BODY. Start your free trial at BODY.com. That's Bodi.com. dot